Hello, everyone, and welcome to this talk at EFL Magazine. I am Caio. I have been writing for this magazine for a year now, and、uh, I have here today Fabiana Traversin, who's going to talk to me about the IELTS. Fabiana has been an English teacher for over eleven years. She has a BA in Literature and Arts in Brazil, a CELTA from Navitas, Australia, and recently took the Delta at the International House in London. She has taught English、uh, at all levels, including Cambridge exams and IELTS, to students of all ages.、Uh, she has worked for Cultura Inglesa São Paulo in Brazil and Langport, Brisbane in Australia. She currently lives in São José dos Campos, Brazil. Hi, Fabi. Hi, Caio. How are you? I'm awesome. Thanks for coming Thank and you sharing for your knowledge with us and your expertise. Thank you for having me. Oh, it's all right, Fabiana. First question:、uh, Why are most students taking the IELTS nowadays? Well, Caio,、uh, while I was working in Australia, I felt that most students were taking it for academic reasons, right? So, so the course I was、um, teaching there was mostly. For students who wanted to go to university in Australia or a PhD or a master's degree, whereas here in Brazil, I feel that most students want to go abroad. So here, people were looking for the general English, sorry, general IELTS, because、uh, they want to go either to Australia or Canada. So that's why where most people want to go. Here.、Uh-huh. So your students usually they want to move. To Canada and Australia.、Mm-hmm. Okay. Exactly. Interesting. And、um, okay, the the exam is based on skills, right? Yes, all four skills.、Yes. Okay, and and they are、uh, assessed individually. Yes, they are. So、um, for the reading part, it's an hour, and students have to tackle three texts. Okay,、uh, listening、uh, is half an hour with ten minutes, so they can transfer their answers, and that's four. Uh, parts. So usually the first part's easier, and then it progresses to the most difficult one, which is part four.、Uh, the speaking part is about fifteen minutes long, and you have three parts to it. And as the listening, it also progresses. So the last part is slightly more difficult. And the writing part takes an hour, and students have to do two tasks.、Mm. Yeah. Okay. Right. So、uh, I'd like to ask a few questions on how to how should teachers prepare students for that. So、um, I thought of asking you this according to the skills, right? Mm-hmm, okay. Mm-hmm. That's fine. So,、uh, for example, for the reading part, how should teachers prepare these students for the reading part? In your opinion? Yeah. One thing that、uh, I think teachers should bear in mind is that.、Um, Time is not that important when students start doing the exam, start practicing for it. I think that the most important thing is actually to work with strategies.、Okay. All right, because there are eight to ten different tasks that students have to tackle when they are doing the exam. So、uh, if they get time to practice that, they will be saving time on the day of the actual exam. You know, and again.、Uh, The text in itself should be tackled like any other text that a student would would that teacher would、uh, do in the classroom. So you should read the title, try to guess what it is about, you know, and also maybe quickly read, try to get the gist of it, and then go into more specific. So I think that some people forget that and they 
try just to talk, think of the time. Am I able to do this in a certain amount of time? Whereas you should also work with strategies. Okay. So what you say is that teachers, they should definitely work on pre, while, and, and, and post. Exactly. So uh, maybe first time around, you could have diagnostic with your students and set time. But at other times, you should work exactly with strategies, mm -hmm. okay? And then go step by step. So maybe it would take half an hour to do one text, which is fine when the students are practicing. And they shouldn't be pressured by time then, I think. Okay. Anything else for the reading part? Should, uh, mm, consider I'd nice. say that's it. And again, uh, students should explore uh, each text very well in each task very well before they able to sit for the exam because like I mentioned before it will save them time and it will make them more confident if they know how to do a task instead of just read an answer they have mm -hmm. specific strategies for each part I think right yes okay well what the listening part which is the other receptive skill that is assessed yeah so I'd say that um, <clears throat> Uh, the first thing that students um, find different is that it's only played once. Mm -hmm. So teachers have to make students aware of that since the beginning. Otherwise they might do it and keep waiting. When is it going to repeat? And it just doesn't. So that's one thing I think the students should make clear to students. Okay. Another thing is spelling. So if you misspell a letter or plural, it's wrong. Mm -hmm. Full stop. You know, so uh, what I suggest teachers do is work daily with spelling. You know, get difficult words that you know your students might misspell. Think about the nationalities you're working with. So, you know, the Thai students, they will um, forget the S, for example. And we get the French students usually do quite well in the difficult words, the more academic words, because it comes from French. Uh. Right, but again, you shouldn't. If you have that kind of student, so maybe you shouldn't focus so much on those words. Okay. Okay, but if you do have Thai students, make sure you put one or two things with the S there, because because they don't use it, they might they sometimes just not listen to it. So th th they should be worth that. Job. All right. So uh, in the listening part, if you, you just misspell a word, you you have it wrong. It, yeah. Well, no. it actually it depends on the examiner. But I tell my students, if there is one letter incorrect, it's all wrong, because you don't know who's going to be checking your exam. Okay. Even though you have the ability of listening, you, if you do, can't write the word, yeah. then this ability or mm -hmm. this skill is just, uh, you know, mm -hmm. you lose the point anyway. Yeah, okay. exactly. Yeah. Okay. Good. Anything else for listening? Yes. Um, one thing that the teachers should also do is to help their students predict answers. So that they do have that uh, 10 seconds, 15 seconds to look through the task before they, they listen to it. Mm -hmm. So I feel that prediction is really helpful. Look at the gap, what's before, what's after. Helps students a lot. Mm -hmm. Okay. And do these students have this time during the exam? Yes, they, they, they do. They have about, let's say, oh, what, 10, 15 seconds? Okay. It, it varies a bit. Okay. And again, um, Try to be picky with students when they're transferring their answers because they have 10 minutes to do it and it's more than enough time to write down 40 answers because you have 40, right? Okay. So it's more than enough time to write those 40 answers but they should also use this time to check their answers. So suppose a student from Thailand who for, keeps forgetting the S's, the plural. 
So I think it's a good time for the student to read the sentence again and think about it. Is it plural? Is it correct? Because you still have time to change your answer when you're okay. transferring. Think about grammar, think about a capital letter, because if you write Monday with a lowercase, it would be wrong. Mm -hmm. Okay, so try to remind students that those 10 minutes are very, very valuable. Okay, and uh, this is something that uh, should be considered. Teachers should uh, also prepare students somehow uh, on, on how to transfer, right? All the exactly, exactly. So uh, when you are doing a full test, a full mock, okay, my suggestion is always to print the answer sheet and actually give the 10 minutes to your student to transfer their answer because they have to practice that yeah, too course, yeah. for all the, the, the parts of the exam, I think. Okay, Fabi, what about the speaking, which is a productive skill? How should teachers prepare students for that? Well, uh, as a productive skill, I think that teachers should, um, should give a lot of feedback to their students, right? And um, it is one person, it's not like Cambridge, which have two people talking, mm -hmm. just one person, right? So uh, one thing I used to do with my students, and it was quite nice, was actually to have... Um, uh, speaking test in front of other students, of course you would choose volunteers to do it, right? So we'd have the speaking with the student and the whole classroom would be watching it, the whole group would be watching it. Okay. And, uh, and then students would observe it and you could give feedback to the students and the other students would be looking at it and learning from it. I think that's quite mm -hmm. valuable, okay? Another thing teachers can do if it's a private student, for example, as your student is speaking, try to take notes as much as you can of the strengths, strengths and weaknesses of uh, this student. So write exactly what he says. All right. So maybe it's a grammar mistake, maybe it's pronunciation, and work with that later, because that's quite rich. I think to work mm -hmm. with students' mistakes. Okay. I think yeah. Right. Okay. Anything else for the speaking part? Uh, I think that's it. And again, students tend to get quite nervous, but if they are aware of the parts, if they know that part one, it's more like a <clears throat> simple conversation, part two, they have to talk for two minutes, and part three is more abstract questions. If they are, are aware of that, that will make them more confident for the test. How do you think IELTS uh, differ from Cambridge in terms of uh, speaking? Well, the main thing, I think, it would be that uh, it's just one person. Which is good, I guess. It could be. Because in Cambridge, the other person, I mean, there is a person talking to you and the other is just really paying attention on your, you know, good points and also your... No, actually, the, the speaking part is in pairs. So you do with another candidate. Oh, yeah. The, you do with another candidate. Oh, that's true. In Cambridge, so, in IELTS, it's individually. Individually, okay. yeah. So Cambridge, you have the thing of negotiation. Okay. So you have a task in which you have to get to a conclusion together. Whereas which the might IELTS, make it more difficult. It, exactly, exactly, yeah. Def definitely. Whereas the IELTS is all about you. And it's one examiner as well, right? Only one examiner. Yeah, that's what I, I was saying, actually. Because mm -hmm. the point that you have just one examiner it might make it easier also. It might, it might, yeah. But again, some students, they are just uh, uncomfortable, you know, it's just uncomfortable. Okay. You know, so. Right. Uh, what about the writing, the, the second production scale? Yeah, so the writing, uh, students who are doing the academic one will have part one, okay? So part one in the IOTS uh, for academic, 
tend to be quite difficult because students have to analyze graphs and charts and talk about numbers and uh, some students find it really difficult but uh, because it, sometimes you just can't read the number they just can't see anything relevant that they can talk about so one thing that should be practiced is that so the teacher should focus on how to read it plus also the grammar that should be used okay to describe it not just of course you should think of the words but also the grammar that you, you should describe this this charts okay and the main thing also is that uh, they shouldn't add any opinion whatsoever so they should only talk about what's there what they can see mm -hmm. or right. yeah, exactly otherwise it's just incorrect say they will lose marks because of that okay and let me ask you a question um, so do you think that the students the teachers should prepare students to show their advanced language somehow I mean should they teachers mm -hmm. should the, the students be encouraged to use I don't know uh, advanced vocabulary structures and things like that definitely definitely so uh, few things would will make the difference between maybe a five or a six right but to get to an eight or a nine there would be lots of differences and one thing I have been doing with my students which has been working really well is to have the public descriptors of the band the, the band descriptors but the public version so every time I check a writing with my students we open that together and we look at where they're at and what they have to do to improve. So mm -hmm. if you're a seven, it has the exact description of what they're able to do. Okay. And if you look at the seven, what do you have to do to improve? Okay. But again, you have to impress your examiner. If right? you're going to get an eight or a nine. <clears throat> exactly. And again, that in that case, I think it's quite similar to Cambridge. So if you use correct inversions, if you use the correct cohesive devices, and if you use connectors, phrasal verbs, phrasal verbs, okay? okay, so all of that. Good, and there are those students who need a certain band on IELTS, and, and they might eventually be under that. Mm -hmm. So, any tips on how to improve their level of English, actually? Yeah, so again, once students start practicing the exam itself, they will improve their band. Okay, but usually it would be half a, half a point. So if you start as a 5, if you keep practicing, you might get to a 5.5. But again, if you think of a 5, the student's level of English is quite low. Okay, so that's when you really have to work with the English. All right. So for example, uh, mo lots of students struggle with writing. Okay, so my suggestion is that uh, should a teacher should actually use... Uh, the writing task to work with the grammar. So get the students' mistakes and then from there go and work with grammar. So what the grammar that the, the student needs at that moment. Okay, uh, and again, lots of students struggle with part four of the listening, which is a lecture. Because mm -hmm. students are used to conversations, but they hardly ever get to watch a documentary or listen to something. So suggesting TED Talks, and again, topics maybe the, the, the students will enjoy. So they would listen to it and, and practice listening to one topic for five to ten minutes. Okay, so, so that's another thing they can do too. Yeah, and again, reading with vocabulary, taking notes of new words, okay, which will also help them with the speaking when they are speaking and the writing when they get to write and they can use different words.
All right. Uh, final question. Do you think that the teachers, when they are uh, preparing a student for the very first time for that exam, in, in, case, in our case it's IELTS, should the teachers themselves take the exam in the very first moment? I mean, well, it sounds like a, a stupid question, maybe, like a... That's the thing. I am Brazilian, right, and I have taken the CPE, and I had to take the IELTS for immigration in Australia. I needed a 4.5, which any intermediate student could get, but Australia required that. But it has always been a plus, in my view, to have taken the exam and tell students my experience, okay? So that's the good side of having to take the exam because actually I was teaching the exam already and I was asked to take it you know and uh, I, I can tell students what my experience was what my speaking was like mm -hmm. and uh, and again taking the exam and the, the fact that they know I've been through that I think that makes me closer to that yeah that's what I would say it yeah. establishes rapport maybe exactly and I feel like they trust yeah they, they trust me more after that too okay yeah, but again, it's just a personal thing, and again, okay. yeah. Okay. Awesome. Okay. Thank you, Fabi, for your time and for your words. It was a pleasure having you here. Thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you very much, Kai.